I kicked that hydrowave on, and the first rock I came to, a fish went up on top of it, sat on top of the rock. I'm like, what the heck? Flipped my drop shot to it, boom, caught a four pounder. And I was like, oh my wow. gosh, there might be something to this. And Boots on my feet, bow in my hand. Hornady presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. I'm the Red Bull Mike Grace. Wayne Locked with me in the studio. And Alex is sitting on his front porch having a big glass of sweet tea. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing good. I'm not having any sweet tea, but I'll tell you what I did just get through doing. My beautiful wife, Linda Bird Rutledge, just fixed. Homegrown tomatoes, oh, fresh cooked bacon, lettuce Ooh. and tomatoes, and Miracle Whip sandwiches. And I'm telling you right now, I'm full of the dog tick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other day we had, uh, uh, I wanted some biscuits. I wanted Nina to make some biscuits because she's been making jelly. You know, she made mm-hmm. the, the peach jelly and strawberry jelly and blackberry jelly out of our blackberry patch. So the other night I said, hey, why don't we get some pork chops and fry them up with some biscuits and gravy? I mean, great meal all by itself. And I thought, and there'll be a couple of biscuits left. I can eat some biscuits and some of that great homemade jelly. And the gravy was so good, we did not have one single biscuit left for jelly. <laughs> <laughs> what did you have, Wayne Locke? Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Throw. I, I was busy today and on the fly, so I ate what I could and ate it on the way here. Well, I did eat lunch at Country Cottage and had that fried chicken, so we'll go there. Mm. All right, so good old country, good old country cottage. So apparently your uh, apparently your uh, garden's doing well, Alex. Oh, it is Redbone. Uh, we've got uh, asparagus, zucchini. We got mushmallows, watermelon. Uh, we got how many different types of tomato plants? We got Linda, like five different tomato plants. We got twenty three plants, and we've got uh, potatoes. And cucumbers. So we got a beautiful garden. I'll post it on my Facebook page. Anybody wants to see it on the American Roots page. And uh, I'd love to see everybody else post theirs as well. I'd love to see everybody else's gardens. And, uh, I just love eating fresh grown vegetables, especially when it's grown on my own dirt. Yeah, I know the feeling. We I grow a lot of okra. And uh, as we record this here on, on Wednesday, actually, I, uh, I forgot to pick okra yesterday. And when you've got 20 okra plants growing and you don't pick one day, <laughs> the next day you have a plethora of okra. i got enough okra right now in the fridge for half of Oregon County. I, I can feel your pain because I went out today and we did not pick yesterday. Yep. I went out today and picked cucumbers. We picked 75 cucumbers. <laughs> oh, my. We have, I have uh, about a dozen eggplants. Uh, don't even know how many tomatoes we got. Didn't even bother counting those. But our uh, our gourds there, I'm going to be turning into birdhouses, those double gourds. Yeah. Uh, those are doing great. We got about two dozen of those that are getting big by the day. I want uh, a couple my, of those. Probably. Yeah, my wife did white pumpkins this year, and we've got a few of those that are popping up, so hmm. that'll be interesting. That will be white pumpkins. Yeah. If anything, it'll look, Casper the Ghost Pumpkins is what I'm going to, we're just going to use them for carving. We're not going to be cooking with them, but wife wanted something different for the kids to use. Okay. That'll be very cool. Very cool. All right. So Alex, is anybody catching any fish? 
Well, Redbone, I'm glad you asked that question. You know, we just had the King of the River Tournament on the current river this past weekend, and we had the wonderful guest, Miss Barb Rogers, the director of the Carter County Nutrition Systems. We had 27 participants in the King of the River Tournament this past Saturday. And the new King of the River is Mr. Joe Dottery of Popper Bluff, Missouri. He had 11 pounds, 0.54 ounces, and second place, uh, I have to look on the, the information right here, and I'm going to read it to you. Second place went to Rick York. He had 11.38. Third place went to Mr. Powell. Mr. Powell had 10 pounds, 18 ounces, 0.18 ounces. And fourth place went to Mr. Donald Black with 9.88. And fifth place went to Mr. Robertson, Christopher Robertson, he's my alternate partner. He had 972. He also had Big Bass, which was three pounds, but one one. And I had, I bombed. My trolling motor went out on me. I had trouble from the minute I started to the, everybody's got a complaint, but that's my problem. Right. I only had 564. There was a total, again, of, I believe 27 participants. They raised over $3,000 to feed the needy there in Carter County. That's fantastic. That's beautiful. Yeah, that is fantastic. And that's the best part of the whole thing right there, raising money to feed the the needy in the county. So a great job to the uh, the Current River Smallmouth Association. I take my hats off to you guys. All right, so outside yeah. of the tournament, though, want, is, is anybody catching any fish? I want to give fish? a big shout-out real quick, Redbone, if I can, to uh, Mr. David Martin over at Ernest Boat Sales and also to Carl Keim for getting my boat ready. I had my oil injector went out, oil pump went out, and they fixed it and had it ready for me before the King of the River. And I also want to thank Mr. Vince Hope, Hope Boat Sales there in Van Buren for fixing my trolling motor after the tournament. So just want to make mention to those guys. Oh, right, very good. So uh, outside of that, I mean, are people catching fish? I mean, it's been so hot, the water temperatures are really getting up there. Redbone Bay are catching fish. The fish in the lakes are deep. They move up shallow to feed at night when the sun goes down, mm-hmm. but they're usually staying deep, 20, 30 foot of water, and sometimes even deeper. So fish are being caught, and they're catching them on down baits. They're catching them on crank baits. And uh, on the rivers, they're catching them on down baits, spinner baits, crank baits, all kinds of things. But the fish on the river are mainly feeding in the current, and they move up on the shows when there's cloud cover early morning or in the evenings. So that's the type of night that we're having on the rivers as well. We've got a great show lined up for everybody. We've got the owner, Mr. Drew Sanford, and also his general manager, Mr. Drew Simon, going to be on the show with us today talking about their American roots. When you think of MS Propane, Wayne, Redbone, you think of propane. But the owners and these guys are serious, serious outdoorsmen, and you're going to learn that from this upcoming segment. You know, I've already learned something here about MS Propane just in that little bit you were talking. Your name What's has that? your name has to be Drew to work there. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> we've got a great show lined up for everybody. We're gonna go to a break. When we come back, we've got Drew Simon and Mr. Drew Stanford as our guest today. You're gonna to learn about their American roots and what they love about the outdoors. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. This is Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. All 
Hi, everybody. It's Redbone Mike Crace. Due to technical difficulties, we do not have this segment of the interview that we did with Drew and Drew from MS Propane. I know you want to hear the interview, and the rest of it can be heard on the next segment. Thank you for understanding. We hate technical difficulties here at American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge, but sometimes things just happen. Hornady presents. Welcome back to American Reach Outdoors. If you're just joining us, we have special guest from MS Propane, Mr. Drew Simon, the general manager for MS Propane, and Mr. Drew Sanford, the owner of MS. These guys are true outdoorsmen. No matter where you're listening at, you know how us outdoorsmen are. We got to support each other. And what we're going to do is get it right back into the subject matter with Mr. Drew Simon about how he won the field of the string. Wayne, take it over. Yeah, I'm curious to see what uh, what led you getting into the uh, the field and stream tournament at the age of I think you, if I remember right, it's 21 or 22 somewhere around there, and fifth in the country. That's that's amazing. Yeah, I uh, actually used to compete in turkey calling contests way back when, and I sort of at that point when I got to college, college fishing sort of winded down out of turkey calling and then the college fishing uh so when i had a article in film stream magazine looking for contestants trying to round up the best of the best and submitted my resume and i was at work out of class one day and got a call from new york city and who in the world's calling me from new york city so like anybody in the midwest they hit ignore it's some <laughs> spam call and calls back and leaves me a message the second time. I'm like, well, this is odd. It was one of the ladies that works for Field and Stream, and they called and said, well, we'd like to have you come, you know, compete. I was like, oh, I never, you know, thought anything about it. And you see all the stuff about, you know, sending in stuff and trying to get the best of the best. And they assembled a, a pretty tough crew of 16 guys that are some of the best guys and outfitters, outdoorsmen in the country. I mean, guys that fish on the U.S. Olympic or the U.S. Fish fly fishing team, um, professional bass anglers, you know, and then you got little old me from middle of nowhere, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Old country boy goes big, and I bet you was thinking, phone call from New York City, you're going like, New York City? <laughs> That's, That's exactly right. I was sitting there. At work, and the guys next to me were looking at me like, "Who in the world do you know from New York City is blowing your phone up?" I don't know anybody. Yeah, Drew, where where did you have to go? Where was the competition held? It was actually here in Springfield. It was in Branson at the Dogwood Canyon, and then in the Bass Pro Shops. All right, so so you had a little bit of a home court advantage, so to speak. A little bit with those guys, I don't think there is such thing as a home court advantage. <laughs> I mean, when you get to that, to that level of the competition. Yeah was there. I mean, all those guys are some of the best of the best. And like I said, I was a little, I was a little shell-shocked at first because, you know, you got somebody that's a national sporting clays champion you're competing against shooting sporting clays, and you're just like, oof. <laughs> you know. yeah, both of you gentlemen have accomplished some wonderful things, and, and I think that's, a, you know, the story of you guys going to school together and going to college and how you all teamed back up together. Uh, what a great American story, Redbone Wayne. Yeah, it is. And it's kind of like the all-American story. You know, and people become friends and then, you know, 
do the outdoors together and then actually kind of go in business together and, and, you know, develop a very successful business that is, you know, known across pretty much the entire southern half and at least all of southwest Missouri. So uh, it really is. I don't want to say the rags to riches story, but it's kind of that way. (laughs) Very successful story. What do you think about that, Mr. Sanford? What always comes to my mind when I think about it is you hear people say in business, well, you can't have friends in business. Well, you know, I don't have a friend in business. I got my best friend in business. And, I mean, I, I love Drew to death. and I do anything for him. And uh, it's just, you know, for him to be able to run this company and do everything he's done, I couldn't do it. He has, he has his special talents and gifts, and I don't. <laughs> and we just try to make sure that he keeps running and doing what he does good, and it works really well. So it, um, I don't know, man. I, I just I think of everything that Drew's accomplished and everything that he does, and he's the, the biggest, you know, he – I don't even know what to say about Drew. He, everybody loves him. The employees love him. The staff loves him. The, you know, the office people, the, um, the customers. He's just a great, just a great human being and a great person to have involved with it. Well, I know this. He talks the same way about you because I've had several conversations with him about MS Propane and the owners – and I can tell you right now, uh, you're definitely one of his best friends, and he has the yeah, utmost respect for you. And he didn't pay me a dime to say that. That's the truth. Yeah, now I know you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> I just promised all your fishing spots on paper, Don't worry. Yeah, that cost you something. I know that. <laughs> but anyway... Go ahead, Redbone. Yeah, I've got I've got a question for for Drew and Drew, and either one of you can answer, or both of you. And we've got just uh, oh here about two and a half minutes left in this segment. Um, you guys have fished all over the country. I mean, you know, going to University of Alabama and fishing the uh, the college circuit and everything else. So you fished a lot of the country. Where is your favorite lake to fish? Simon, oh. where's your favorite? Oh man. Uh well, while you're thinking, I'll go. I'll jump in there. Okay. I, uh, you know, one, I love wading the creek, and I'm probably stealing that from Simon around here because he taught me a bunch about that. But if you said go dump your boat anywhere in the country, there's two places that come to mind for me. One, Okeechobee, Florida is a special, special place on earth. And then, but my favorite, I mean, just gotta go, uh, Lake Erie, uh, Sandusky, Ohio, Port Clinton, Ohio. I just, I love that place. Those smallmouth are mean. And uh, they are fun to catch, and it's a wonderful experience up there. And the weather's cool. There's no humidity hardly, and, and it's always cool. You know, hoodie hoodie and shorts weather in the middle of summer, and you can't beat that when you're catching five-pound smallmouth. Drew, I'm going to have to agree with you on that because that, that is my backyard. I'm uh, from Cleveland, Ohio, so all my smallmouth fishing was done right there around the islands, Putin Bay, um, Kelly's Island, and stuff like that. So I'm I'm going to have to agree with you. It is smallmouth capital of the world right there. All right, so we're getting an answer yeah, now from... Yeah, like Sanford. Uh, yeah. Lake Okeechobee, I fished the Everglades there with a buddy of mine's captain down there, and I've probably had one of the best things of bass fishing I've ever had. I mean, we we probably caught 200 bass on a frog in a day. Wow. One or two that were close to, to 10 pounds. And wow. then my other spot, you know, like Sanford, the rivers, but Palmy holds a special place for me, Palm to Terry Lake here in Missouri, just because... Mm-hmm. That's the first place I ever won a bass tournament, and I've weighed in some monster stringers, and I've always, always done very good on Palmy and even Stockton, like you're local. Let me ask you this real quick before we go to a break. What is the largest weight either one of you have ever weighed in in a tournament? Save that thought. When we go to a break, you can answer that. We come back, and when we come back, we're going to talk about how MS Propane was founded and where it's going at today. 
Don't go away, everybody. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors with MS Propane, Drew Simon and Drew Sanford. Hi, everybody. This is Aaron Tippin, and you're listening to my old buddy, Alex Rutledge, with American Roots Outdoors. A pair of hunting boots passed on down, planted deep in the ground around your heart, so you never got a word. D presents... Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, our final segment of the radio show. And we got a podcast coming up after this segment. And I'm going to let Wayne Lack tell you all about that real quick before we get back into the subject matter of what we're talking about here. Yeah, to listen to the bonus segment, all you got to do is uh, go to your favorite podcast courier. We're basically on every single one right now. And uh, log in, subscribe to us, and listen to the uh, bonus segment on there. You'll get the full episode here plus the bonus segment. Uh, so you don't have to, uh, if you can't catch the radio show on Saturday morning, uh, you can listen to it any time during the week. There you have it, folks, how to listen to the bonus segment. What we're going to talk about in this segment is they're going to answer the question, what is the heaviest stringers either one of them have weighed in during a tournament? Drew Simon, you go first. I think my heaviest is almost 28 pounds on Palmy, five large miles. Wow. My goodness. Wow. Did that win you the tournament? Go ahead. Yeah, I just going to ask if that won in the tournament. Yeah, I, I actually doubled second place. One of my <laughs> uh, one of our buddies, we were fishing team tournament. Um, I had second place. We were sitting there waiting to take the boats out, and he was telling us about how he was pretty certain he had it won. And he said, I got about 14 pounds. And <laughs> the guy, my buddy I fished with, was sort of looked at it, and he was like, mm, no, we've got, we've got two to defeat your whole limit. Wow. And he didn't believe us for nothing. That's and great. We, pulled him out, we had to pull him out of the live well before we ever took the boat on the trailer to prove to him that we had two seven pounders. That's wow. fantastic. He just looked at us and was like, I can't believe you guys. <laughs> that was the first of, we actually won that same tournament seven out of nine years, and our lightest bag was 23 pounds, I believe. Well, no wonder he oh, likes, my. Yeah, no wonder he likes palm to tear. You got it. You got What about you, uh, Sanford? Yeah. I, uh, Lake Gunnersville, fishing a bridge with a giant swim bait, had 29 and change, and Ooh. I did not win. Third, <laughs> Third place. place. 29 pounds. Wow. You walk out there with your chest pumped out, and you go, yep, I got this, and no, you don't. <laughs> Welcome to Gunnersville. Well, well, I'll tell you what, we're, I want to have an open invite to you and Drew, and I've told Drew and asked Drew several times for you guys to come and fish the current river with me. i got a place for you to stay. I'll feed you guys like kings. I want to show you guys a wonderful time here. Uh, that being said, I want to jump right into the nuts and bolts of MS Propane in this last segment here. How did you guys create this business? How did you come up with the name, MS Propane? Yeah, I'll go. Um, so my last name is Sanford, and then another one of our partners' name is Boris, his last name. So um, we are not that creative of folks. We're kind of simple country people, so we went with MS, <laughs> and we brainstormed on a bunch of stuff, and it just didn't turn out right. We just said, we give up. Surely the name doesn't matter that much. If you just treat people right and do the right thing, surely you'll fill some gaps. What year did you create your business, MS? So my dad, um, my dad started, uh, it used to be a different business in 2004, a different propane company, and it was one of those situations, we were actually doing a fishing tournament, sorry, I got my little boy, we were doing a fishing tournament, and a guy worked for a big national company, he goes, I want to start my own business, so my dad and him partnered up, 
and uh, started it in 2004. Well, I was in Alabama as a guide and doing all that down there, and they called me and they said the business is uh, the business is going under. And my dad sold it at that point in 2010, but they said in 2014 they called said the business is going under and. We don't want to see the employees. You know, we don't want to see the employees lose their job. We don't want to see the customers display. So we uh, we ended up. I moved. They conned me into moving back from being a guide in Alabama, and that's when we started it. Changed the name. And um, my one stipulation was, I'll come back and run it, but you got to get Drew Simon to to do it with me. And I offered him the job. He told me no. He wasn't going to leave where he was. And uh, <laughs> they convinced wow. him just like they convinced me. Well, I'll tell you what, what a wonderful story again, Wayne and, and Redbone. Uh, true American uh, love for one another, a brotherhood, and they've created such a successful company. And right now, Drew Simon, how many locations do you guys have now? And by the way, I love hearing your, your son in the background. That's wonderful. You're a wonderful family man, I can tell. Yeah, right now, the, the we're actually talking about opening the seventh one. <laughs> We've got six open, number six in January, getting to open number seven probably by this fall. Um, when we first started in 2014, we had one office, 1,500 customers, and about four guys. Now I've got about 20 employees and a little over 8,000 customers. Wow. There you go. That's great. What a success story, Wayne. Oh, yeah, no doubt. That's some great growth there in a short amount of time. We've got to get you guys over here in our area more in the Birch Tree, Shannon County, Carter County, Howe County, more of the Howe County and Shannon. How do we got to do that? That's Sanford's apartment. <laughs> you know, the funny part about growth is we don't go look for it. It kind of finds us. You know, it's just like Drew Simon growing up in Willow Springs. And we had a sales guy from Houston. And, you know, we were in Rogersville, and we were doing that. Everybody knew what was, you know, everybody kind of heard, you know, families talk, stuff like that. And, um, gosh, man, these big national companies come in and swoop in. And, out and You know, there's a company out, you know, that's, that's owned by an overseas company, and they're buying, you know, overseas places are buying all these propane companies right now. And I don't know about you, but if I'm going to be buying gas that's made in America, but i got to want the company to be owned in America. That's right. And, that's right. Yep, Love it. And... and you know, and, and as we figure it out, you know, and, and I don't want to talk bad on anybody, but you could do research and find that out. But, you know, we, we found that there was a huge just neglect in that Houston, Kabul area. And, uh, gosh, we've had explosive growth there. We've had explosive growth in Buffalo, Missouri. Um, a big national company fired one of the best guys, nicest fathers, great husbands you've ever met in your life because his wife had cancer. And uh, so we stuck an office up in Camden this year to give him a job because they fired him because of his wife and because uh, insurance was getting too high because of her. And uh, we've had explosive growth there. And to me, you know, I don't want to, you know, you don't go looking for a fight, but, you know, you stick somebody up there and you do the right thing. And um, gosh, man, I mean, we've just had explosive growth up there. And, you know, we just really try to do the right thing every time for the right reason and see what happens. And so far, you know, propane's not the most trusted industry in the world. And, you know, you get a guy like Simon on the phone or me on the phone or some of our other people, and you just see that we're good old boys that care and we want to treat you right. And, you know, are we the cheapest always? No, but we're always fair, you know, and we always do what we say we're going to do. And if we don't, we'll do everything in the world we can to make it up to you. And, you know, I'll be dang if you don't grow like a weed. And that's that's what we've done. And, you know, Simon's the ringleader of this whole law. 
And, uh, you know, I give the credit to him because he's, he's just great with the customers and great with the employees. And, and gosh, man, he just, he just does what he says. Like, you know, like every good guy should. Well, it sounds like you're getting, your business is growing because you're treating people not like numbers, but as, as like their family and friends. You would think that's common sense. Yeah, you one would think. You're yeah. right. Common sense ain't so common, though. I was told that a long time ago. Yep, yep. All right, so, Alex, we, uh, you're, we're about out of time here. We need to uh, kind of wrap this thing up uh, here for this week. But I, want, but I want to pass along one bit of information. And I know that everybody has kind of seen this thing about the coin shortage, that they're telling us that we're running out of coins and there aren't coins around when you go to the store to get change and all that kind of stuff. And... Uh, I was thinking about that the other day, and what I figured out is that here in America, we have apparently lost our common sense. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> there you up. have it. Wrap it up, Alex. <laughs> That's funny stuff right there, guys. I want to say to everybody here, uh, I want to say to uh, Drew and Drew, you got to have a name like Drew to work for MS Propane. <laughs> that was a joke earlier in the show before you guys come on. I want to thank you guys for joining the show. But what we're going to do is we're going to do a bonus segment after this. And what I want you to do is share some of your secret tactics to catching those huge bags of fish in the bonus segment. But, you know, we're going to wrap it up here. And we have a famous saying here at American Roots, Drew and Drew. And I'm going to let Wayne and Redbone wrap it up. Here you go. Well, we say when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. There you have it. Thanks for listening. Check out MS Propane. If you need a propane company to take care of you that will treat you fair and honest, go to MS Propane. And let's support these guys because they're outdoorsmen just like you and I. What the wind might do, American Hornady presents... Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. If you're listening to this, that means you are listening to us on your podcast carrier, and we appreciate that. And we ask that when you're done with this episode to please leave us a review. Reviews help us tremendously in our rankings. We have Drew and Drew. I guess I can never get that wrong when I say a name. They're both going to answer me. But uh, we were talking about uh, fishing and propane, and we're going to go back to some fishing stuff here. Uh, I'll start off with, uh, let's start off with uh, Simon. I got a question for you, and that is, you said that you have been doing a lot of uh, fishing and that up in the islands, correct? Up in there in Ohio? Me, Drew Sanford. But yes, I have been doing Yeah, well, we have a ton of listeners on our podcast that are from Ohio and Michigan area that do a ton of uh, smallmouth yeah. fishing up there. Can you give us just a few yep. tips of what you use around the islands, and what island do you like uh, best? Is it Putin Bay, Kelly's? I mean, what, what's your favorite island there around to catch them on? Yeah, so... So I just got a place at an SLW Toyota event up there, and I actually ran. We put in at, uh, oh, gosh, we put in at Sandusky. Um, I always stay on the Port Clinton side, but we put in at Sandusky, and I caught most of my fish around the Vermilion area and uh, was just drop shotting. I was throwing a Mega Bass uh, Haze Dog drop shot and using my pan optics on my boat and finding bigger-than-average boulders and flipping out there and catching them. And what's awesome about that pan optics on the electronics is, Back in the day, you had to get right over a rock or a brush pile or whatever you're trying to fish to see your bait go down. With the pan optics, I can actually see it, um, you know, from 20, 30, 40, 50 feet away. And something that I figured out, I actually knocked my lower unit off the week before the tournament in Arkansas. <laughs> you know, river tournament. Yeah, hang on. <laughs> um, concrete does not give very much, just for the record. But 
um, did that. So I actually borrowed my dad's boat. We've got, we've got identical boats, but his had a uh, hydrowave on it. And what that is is it's like a speaker um, on your trolling motor. And in practice, I was struggling. I mean, I couldn't hardly get a bite. It was a tough event. Um, we were, I was on the struggle bus and I kicked that hydrowave on and the first rock I came to, a fish went up on top of it, sat on top of the rock. I'm like, what the heck? Flipped my drop shot to it, boom, caught a four pounder. And I was like, oh my gosh, there might be something to this. And by no means am I sponsored by them or endorse them, but it did make a difference in that event, in my opinion. Um, you know, so it's, it's kind of odd. Some of the things, you know, up there, about everybody throws a drop shot, you know, you drag a drop shot, you drag a two, um, and you do that type of stuff. And for whatever reason, just something was a little bit different with those fish, and that kind of got them fired up and active. But that's that's what I do. Yes, I fished. You know, the second day, I, I had two fish in the boat at noon, and I was freaking out because I was in sixth place day one. So I ran to Kelly Island on the northeast side of Kelly. I ran up there and found some fish really shallow, fired a Cinco out there, caught a three-and-a-half-pounder on a Cinco, and then ran down to, west, um, to the West Marina and popped mouth with 10 minutes to go caught a limit and got my butt back in and a storm blew in and it was purple and white on the radar and those 50 mile an hour winds and, um there was about six to eight footers on my ride back in and i had an hour to get a 15 minute ride and i came in two minutes early <laughs> by the time wow. i got there so wow. that's what got wow. me into the final day yeah with lake erie so, being the uh, shallowest yeah with lake erie being the shallowest lake of the, the great lakes it doesn't take much wind to really kick those waves up that high yeah, we just had a big pop-up storm hit. It actually tore down the – it knocked out the live feed for FLW and kind of tore apart the weigh-in area for a little bit. And Ooh. it just – it got wild there for a few minutes. And what was interesting is a lot of – the lake's been fishing pretty tough. So a lot of the guys were running St. Clair from there, and a couple of them didn't make it back. Um, you know, they were making 90-mile runs all the way there and back. And, um, you know, it, that that's kind of what I was looking for, saying, Lake Erie, how many days in a row do you get a – of, of smooth water and, and it got him on day two. <laughs> so, yeah. Excellent. Uh, now drew, uh, with, with Simon, uh, got a question for you then. Now let's talk some more local, uh, fishing tactics and that. What, what do you like using and where are you fishing most on your days off where you're like practicing it? Um, I actually love fishing offshore in the summertime and wintertime. Uh, I used to fear it. And one of the guys that I dealt with when I was in the construction industry was an offshore guru and a local legend and actually caught the state records, still holds the record smallmouth in Missouri. And uh, I had never really fished offshore much unless I could hit the bank or knew what I was throwing at. I didn't fish it. And he took me under his wing and taught me how to throw a big one ounce jig and a worm that you would think there's not a fish in the lake big enough to eat this and suddenly clicked in my head and man we started catching fish and started catching big fish and a lot of them this is back when you know nobody really fished offshore and some of my bigger stringers come from some stuff fishing with him and learning from him of how to fish offshore so i i like this time you're throwing a big jig and i have a homemade jig that you know, it's a hope to have some round living rubber, and <laughs> man, it's a giant jig. I mean, you look at it, and you think, eh, ain't nothing going to eat this. And uh, you'll catch a 14-inch fish that eats a one-ounce jig or a 12-inch worm. All right, so, Drew, when you say fishing offshore, I mean, what exactly does that mean? I'm fishing, I mean, I'm fishing spots 25, 30 foot deep, 
some spots I might be 100 yards from the bank. So you guys use graphs a lot. Let's talk about using graphs, if I may uh, join you guys real quick. Graphs play a very important role in being successful. Would you both agree? Yes. Now more than ever. Absolutely. And even, you know, I went this year below the dam at, uh, Drew, what's it called below Grand Lake where everybody goes white bass fishing? you know? Um, you're basically in uh, Fort Gibson, upper Fort Gibson. Yeah, just right below Grand Lake Dam. Just white, just simple as white bass fishing. And, you know, offshore fishing, yeah, you could be on Lake Erie. You could be 10 miles off and you don't even see the bank. You could be a table rock on a point. You could be a beaver, you know, you know, any of those lakes. Um, but even, even just using your electronics, it doesn't after 10 foot off or 10 miles off i you know even even river fishing i use my electronics and this year we got on a deal with a white bass worm biting real good they kind of shut off what they did is they pulled off in the current and there was a little hump out there and i found it on my my fish finder and then we were able to sit there and fire at it and you know the key to being offshore fishing is depth change or a rock or a brush pile or something like that and, and you know you're still fishing just like a lay down lane off the bank and you flip a jig in it you're doing the same thing. You're just adding, you know, you're using your electronics and you're trusting them and you're finding them and you're throwing to the stuff and um, catching a lot of fish that a lot of people don't, you know, they're not as pressured. There's not, you know, you, you have a lay down on a river that you guys float by. Every person flips a jig by it. You find one in the middle of the lake that nobody sees and that's where the fish slide out to because they're not feeling pressure. So, um, you know, the electronics to me, it doesn't matter if you're on a, you know, and nowadays with the kayak fishing and stuff, gosh, man, they, I mean, there's guys that use, and you don't have to have a big expensive graph to be decent at it. Most of them have great mapping, and they show little points and little humps and little islands that are underwater, things like that. Even on a river, when you're going down a river and you go get after, you know, right after you come out of a little swift, you know, current edge, and you look and there's a deep spot, then it gets shallow. Well, there's probably fish staged up in there, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and some, some bins have them, some bins don't. But you'll figure out that, oh, there's a deep spot, there's a shallow spot, there's there's a deep spot with a hump in the middle of it, and... You know, a Ned rig, you know, any any Ned rig, shaky head, you know, crankbait, jig, any of that stuff's awesome for it. And, it, you know, you're throwing the same types of baits as you would on the bank. It's just you're trusting your electronics and what you see, and you almost have to be a little creative in your head. That's 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 Simon right there. He's a little bit artsy sometimes. We don't know what he does, but, you know, he envisions <laughs> a hump out there in the middle of the lake, and he catches fish, so. It's just like like hunting. I mean, it's you find in those pinch points and those funnels, you know, it's same thing in the water. You got to think of current, how that current affects what you're getting ready to fish, uh-huh. and how those fish are going to set. And you know, there's always a, a spot within a spot, and that's the hard part that a lot of people don't understand. Is yeah, you might have a great spot, but there's always that one little sweet spot, like Drew's talking about. You know, there's a rock, or there's some little change that always seems to hold you better fish, and people might catch. Some of those fish offshore, but they never really hit that mother load or that, you know, eight-pounder, five-pounder that's sitting off there because there's just, it's always the little oddities that seem to hold fish better when when you're out in the middle of nowhere, basically. Well, that's some great information. Alex, what do you think? Well, I think these guys right here that you're listening to across the world and the Ozarks, these guys are going to be a huge, huge name in years to come here. Uh, Sanford's already proven himself with some of the big titles he won. And, uh, and Drew, if he'll give you more time off, Simon, give you more time off, maybe you can compete with him a little bit. So <laughs> he didn't pay me to say that either, Sanford. 
Just want you to know that. <laughs> he'd he'd whoop me. If I gave him too much time yeah. off, he'd whoop me and he'd make you look bad. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Right now, I want you guys to mention your sponsors real quick and, and give us a word here in about a minute, minute and a half before we wrap it up here, uh, how people can contact you guys to become a new uh, customer of MS Propane and uh, how they can follow you guys. Yeah, um, you know, obviously Facebook's probably the best way to get in touch with us. You know, you can always Google us. Facebook pops up. And, you know, if you search Drew Simon, Drew Sanford on Facebook, we're there and we answer. And, you know, if you need anything on that standpoint, you want to talk fishing, hunting, we're in. Simon's Simon's pretty good on the hunting side because I – Pretty much suck at it. I'm cursed, but uh, <laughs> I love to talk to whoever would talk to me. <laughs> and uh, no, we, you know, we're just good old boys that like doing this. Share any knowledge or information, or you know, we talk at high schools quite a bit for the high school fishing teams, and you know, we love doing that stuff. So sponsors, um, you know, I, I'm not, I've got some, but it's not a big deal. You know, we, we kind of work hard and do it on our own. Is kind of how I look at it. Simon, who are your sponsors? <laughs> My bank account. well i want to say this guys gentlemen again thank you for being on this show and uh, now people really get to know who you guys are and what you're really about and i just want to encourage all of our listeners from cape Toronto to springfield in northern arkansas wherever if you don't have ms propane in your tanks and they're close enough to deliver to you call ms propane these guys are just like us wayne wrap her up buddy Yes, thank both of you for uh, joining us today. It's uh, some great information, and I know our listeners are going to learn a lot from this. Uh, a real quick note for uh, Sanford, where you get a chance, and next time you're up in Lake Erie there, head over to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame area. There's an inlet there if you want to catch some monster largemouth. I've, I've slayed them in there. you got to get in there. Nobody knows about it. It's a little inlet right there by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Make sure you hit it next time you're up. Folks, you've been listening to American Roots Send Outdoors. Me a pin drop. I'm going in two weeks. <laughs> hey, I will. You know what? I will do that. I will do that. Uh, two weeks. Yep. Sounds sounds great, folks. You've been listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge. This is Wayne Locke, Mike Crayson Studio. We want to say thank you again for everybody who's been listening to us. Please leave us a review, and we'll be drawing for a, uh, a prize here this next week for another uh, gift. So, Drew and Drew, thanks again. And like we say here at American Roots, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind.